listening to the Punisher Waterfowls, the Union 0430 podcast. Brought to you by Real Geese Decoys, the most technological advanced silhouette decoys on the market. And Vortex Canada, the force of optics. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Union 0430 episode number 69. I got a giggle while I say it. I can't help it. Sorry. Um, We got a great show. (laughs) Mark shaking his head. Um, We got a great show for you tonight. We've got Josh from from St. Lawrence Outfitters on with us tonight. Um, A local guy. So really great to finally have someone on that that's local to us. Um, we love all our guests, but it's great to have somebody on local. Um, Phil is on the road. Ryan's away. Mark's outside the nation's capital. Dave is up in Concordon. Josh is in Rockport, about an hour away from Kingston. Um, and I'm right here in Odessa, just outside of Kingston. So um, great show coming up for you tonight. Um, just wanted to say something, though. Last week, we had Eric Massey from Tangle Free on, and he was talking about how Tangle Free ships uh, direct to the consumer. Um, our good friends at Canadian Waterfowl Supplies uh, here in Ontario, they also um, sell tangle-free uh, equipment. So if you do need anything and you're in Canada and you don't want to necessarily pay those shipping and duties, um, you can reach out to uh, Pat at Canadian Waterfowl Supplies for your tangle-free stuff. So just wanted to get that out there. Josh, buddy. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for coming on. I've been trying to get you someone from you guys to come on, but I know I get it. You guys are you guys are extremely busy and and I'm going to say this and please correct me if I'm wrong anybody here, but I would hazard to say that SLO is the premier outfitter in Ontario. Would that be a fair statement to make? Yeah, I'd say I'd say it's fair. Like you got to give uh, you got to give Dave credit. I mean, yeah. he's been doing this a very, very, very long time now. And honestly, I mean, he's he's, I mean, he's one of my best friends, but definitely one of the nicest guys you could possibly meet. Do anything for you to help you out. Yeah. But uh, I mean, and there is there's a lot, a lot of good outfitters in Ontario now. But mm-hmm. uh, Dave's just he's run such a good show now for what is he now? Gosh, he's over, he's over 20 years easily, easily over 20 years. Um, so it's hard, like this, the, uh, what I'm looking for here, just like through word of mouth and everything that he's done, his uh, reputation, he's just an honest guy that, uh, you know, tells, tells you always how it is, but like I said, he'll do everything for you. But yeah, definitely, definitely. I'd say that St. Lawrence, the way he's built it up, and the way he's respected everybody, it's definitely, definitely one of the best ones up there. I, and, and in my, uh, my opinion anyways. Well, no, absolutely. And, and your opinion counts because you work there. So if you didn't, uh, if you didn't think he was a good outfitter or you didn't like the way things were handled, well, you wouldn't work there, right? Like no one's going to work for a shitty boss. Um, no, God, no. I mean, and it's, I'm like, <laughs> I've been thinking about it a lot this season. Uh, the, uh, like it is. Like I met Dave in 2004 when I was, I was 14 years old and uh, like we have where I'm at, I I'm actually at, uh, I'm in Chesterville right now. I'm up here for the hunting season mm-hmm. and like my family, it's a family's always owned a big farm here. And you know, for the, for, for many, many days, Dave would, uh, 
I'm hearing like all these gunshots going off behind the farm. So one day I just skipped school and uh, rode my bicycle. Uh, as soon as I see my dad leave for work, rode the bicycle down across the field <laughs> to see who was there. And uh, sure enough, it was him. And it just kind of steamrolled through that. But I figured, I mean, I'm not very great with math. I can usually only count by goose levits, which is a five or three, depending where you're at. But I, I kind of figured out that uh, yeah. I think I'm in, I think I'm in year 17 with him now. So um, wow. yeah, so I started 14 and I'm 30, just turned 32 not long ago. So yeah, I, I mean, if he wasn't, if he, like I said, if he wasn't the nicest guy in the world or ran a good show, I probably wouldn't be here. But I mean, he's made, he's made all 17 years enjoyable. As uh, as tough as some 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 years can be hunting wise, he's always oh, been uh, always well, been one of the good guys. So and and the fact that he got his mitts on you at fourteen years old, he can mold <laughs> he can mold you into what Pretty he wants much. you to be too, right? Like he, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I, I didn't I didn't know right from wrong, a duck from a goose at that age. I mean, I started I started hunting uh, waterfowl young with my grandfather, but uh, that was I mean it was it was going out like I, I knew about hunting. Like I mean, don't get me yeah. wrong. Right. But Dave, Dave really showed me, you know, okay, this is how, this is the proper way to do it. And this is what you want to do. And this is I, you know, when it comes to sky bus and this is what you don't do and, you know, don't mm-hmm. be trusting. So, I mean, uh, I mean, you don't I mean, you see, you know, I mean, you see people getting a bad rap anymore. Waterfowlers as a whole sometimes for doing some things that, you know, aren't, aren't, you know, they're necessarily frowned upon. But uh, I was I was beyond blessed to come in at such an early age and kind of learn learn the ins and outs and the rights and wrongs. So, I got. Sorry, I'm gonna just put a little plug in there. So, for people watching the show or listening to the show, if if your uh, if your parents are DJs from up country and 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 your kids watching this show, we don't condone skipping school. <laughs> <laughs> no it's funny it's funny you say that uh like i think i think that year so i mean i had steamrolled after that right like it was like i I took like three days off in a row i was just you know i had i had a a cold or whatever but uh finally uh my grandmother like they used to go for after they get done hunting they'd uh they'd go for breakfast here locally in town and my grandmother knew about him at that point and she walked up to the table and you know david's never met never met her at this point and uh she walks right up to the table, you know, all the groups of hunters there. And she goes, she goes right up to Dave. She says, uh, listen, she goes, you know, I really like what you're doing for Josh. You know, you know, it's great. You know, he looks like he's having fun, but can you please make him go to school? <laughs> <laughs> uh Oh, nice. pressure, pressure from Nan. That, yeah, that's not, yeah. I actually yeah. laid the law down. I, I think I had to go back to school for a few more days before the next hunting trip. So that's awesome. What were you going to say, Dave? Sorry. Oh, I was just going to like add on to that whole, when we're talking about the premier outfitters and guides in Ontario, like, like there's St. Lawrence outfitters, but then there's also like over on this side, there's some. And when we're talking about the size of Ontario for the people in the States that are like, Oh, well we have a, there's a premier one in Dakota. Dakota is like 180,000 square kilometers. Ontario is like a million square kilometers. So that's right. It's a huge landmass. And to be that well known across Ontario yeah. And really, when you think about it, there's a pile of guides and outfitters and there's like three that everybody knows. And then there's, you know, you go to Lake St. Yeah. Clair and there's mm-hmm. Rob Stanley and, and the Douglas brothers. You go out with one of them and you're passing all these boats and it's like, OK, well, that's a guide. That's a guide. That's a guide. And I don't know three quarters of them, but I'm on the other side of Ontario and someone says, oh, yeah, St. Lawrence Outfitters. Well, I know who that is. Right. So it's mm-hmm. 
it's it's kind of a big deal. So, yeah. No, and I, like I said, that's that's absolutely total total credit to David. I mean, uh, I mean, he he went to school for uh, business, so he knew what he was getting himself into right off the hop and marketed it well. And like I said, it's just you know his his reputation, who he is as a as an individual and as a business that he runs. Yeah. is definitely what's kept him, you know, kept him in the talks. Like we don't, we don't do like his early days, you know, we did a lot of filming, a lot of DVDs and TV shows, magazine articles, and, and even, even uh, shows in the States. But uh, you know, we've kind of toned it down since then. And it's still, the business is still growing and growing and growing. You know, he's still, you know, minus all this COVID stuff that's going on right now. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. still, he's still full throughout the seasons. And like, as honest, honestly, I think that's just because uh, everybody knows that, you know, he runs a reputable business and isn't going to uh, isn't going to try to screw anybody. So that. Yeah. And I spoke to Dave a couple years ago um, uh, about some stuff. And I remember talking to him and and it wasn't it. Not once did I ever think he was coming across as as cocky or arrogant or, or anything like that. But. To add to what you were just saying, Josh, like he don't need to really do the shows and the magazine articles anymore exactly. because because his reputation. Like I remember, like I've talked, I've talking to people, I've talking to people. Is that even a fucking word? I've talked to <laughs> well, people. We're calling it a word for today. <laughs> yeah, we're calling it a word. I've talked to people that have been on this show, and we've had some amazing people on this show. And I, I know Sean Stahl is coming up to go hunt with you guys here real soon. Um, but like you talk to these 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 people, and they've been coming back and forth to to St. Lawrence for years. Yeah. So you know, like it says a lot about your business and, and when you're, when you're into this guiding business and, and you're charging a premium dollar for a premium hunt. And if people are continue continually coming back year after year after year, that says, that says a lot about the organization that you're running and, and the fact that you're able to put people on the birds and, and that, you know, um, people can can speculate all they want, but at the end of the day, return return customers. They aren't they're on, they're not coming back after having a shitty go, right? Exactly. So. And and it and it is like you talk about return customers, and I mean, there's groups there's groups that I've been hunting with since you know since I was 14 or 15 years old. So Crazy. I mean, they've been coming up that long. I mean, like I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, there's guys that there's there's always guys that come and go. I mean, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's just, that's just the, the way the business is. Mm-hmm. But uh, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, most guys, when they end their trips here, they're, you know, when they're settling up with Dave or whatever kind of thing, you're talking yeah. to him, they are, you know, they're saying, okay, listen, Hey, can you put me down for the exact same dates again next year? Crazy. And, you know, and, and, and I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, like there's, like I said, there's guys that are going to come. There's guys that's not, there's guys that and it's a, at the end of it all, it's still hunting. There's going to be good days and there's going to be bad days. No matter who you are, or how good you are, you're going to have mm-hmm. bad days. You feel sorry for the guys that are up on trips when those bad days happen, and they might not yeah. come back. But uh, yeah. the guys, the guys that, like I said, know Dave and know what he's about and what he's built here. Like, yeah, I want to say like 80, 90 percent of the business is repeat customers. So, yeah, of course. Uh, and if you're if you're going to, I I get it when it comes to your money. And, and you want to get your money's worth and, and stuff like that. And, and I really do. I, I understand it. But 
there's also the the aspect that it is hunting and you never know. Like we were out hunting this week and our Merc did the math and the ducks that we shot, each duck cost us $2,340. It's <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's just a sad reality. Being a <laughs> you know, so um, yeah, like I, I get it. Um, you, you want your money's worth and sometimes the birds because they just don't work, especially like I know, and this is, this is a fucking rabbit hole that we're going to go down. And eventually I knew we were going to go down it is the white devils, because I know that takes up a lot of your spring. Um, yeah. but that has to be like from a guy, like as a hunter, because I was supposed to come down two years ago and hunt with you guys. And then the birds just disappear. And Dave said, listen, don't come. The birds are yeah. gone. And mm-hmm. don't even bother to come. I can take your money and put you in a field, but you're going to sit there all morning. You're not going to exactly. shoot nothing. Um, so from a guide standpoint, it must be absolutely infuriating to deal with snow geese. It, it, it certainly can be the, uh, like the fall hunt we, we enjoy and we do, we do really well, you know, per average in the, in the fall season for them. And like I said, it's not taken away from our spring season, um, in the fall season, it's, and I, I try to describe this to guys that come up in the spring and it is tough. So the way I've always broke it down is like our snow geese, they typically get to us, uh, sometime very late October, depending on weather to early, early November, something like that. And they'll stick around until, uh, until it does get cold or it does start getting a lot of snow. They're not a very tough bird when it comes to snow on the ground, but we do well in the fall. But I try to explain to guys in the spring, you got to look at it like this. These snow geese, when they leave the tundra, they are shot at up north, September, <laughs> October, November, they start getting shot here, December, they're shot here, uh, January, February, now they're getting shot in the States on their way down. <laughs> they start coming back in March, March, April, they're shot here and May, they're shot here. So, well, I mean, I, I kind of lost track of my fingers there, but it's like eight yeah. months of the 12 months a year, these things are getting shot at. And I mean, they're not, they're not an easy bird to hunt some days. I mean, they absolutely fall in your lap and everything's great, but per average, you know, they're, they're a tougher bird to hunt. And the days where you're sitting out there and you watch 50,000 of them fly over top of you or, <laughs> or, you know, or even a hundred thousand of them fly in the distance and every, you can hear the mumbling in the blind and guys are kind of questioning. It's like, you know, and it, you, you kind of wonder like, you know, are guys thinking you're screwing them? Well, listen, I don't want to sit out here for 13 hours a day and not shoot anything either. Right. Like yeah. I, I want to see, I want to see guys shoot these things just as much as the next guy. Yeah. So, and, and, and also, and uh, sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but no, also you're like your, I don't want to, to put, I don't want to make it sound like it, it's um, something that has to be done, but your tip, your gratuity at the end of the hunt depends on if you put the, fellas on birds because if, yeah. if people don't have a, a smasher of a hunt the chances of you getting that awesome tip is is, mm-hmm. is not there right so you know of okay. course you're of course you want to put them on birds oh absolutely and uh like yeah we like we've run into that where like and this this is this is unfortunately it's the power of social media at times you know 95 percent of it's good but uh you know now it's, it's, it's free open air to everything. And, you know, these guys that might have had, you know, a bad day or something, mm-hmm. you know, the guy, the six or seven groups before them had good days, 
But now the power of social media, everyone will base things off you off one bad day as opposed to everybody forgets the good days, but remembers the bad, right? So uh, it's it's tough there. We've heard Dave say, uh, uh, not Dave Roy, but David Palmer. We've heard him say a number of times. Yeah, you, Dave. Um, We've heard him say a number of times that, that people normally don't give out the, you know, the, the props on a good job. It's only the bad job that they, that they comment on. Right. And that they spread, Mm -hmm. you know, people don't, when they have an awesome experience, like you get some people that do, but the majority of people don't, don't profess their awesome time, but they will take time editor day to absolutely try to ruin you. Right. So, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, that's, I mean, that's, that's just a cold reality of, I guess, business as a whole. I mean, you look at thousands and thousands and thousands of people that shop at Walmart every day, you know, most of them, you know, say you're 90% happy, but you get one person that goes in there and they don't have their favorite brand of chip or something like that. Well, now they're losing their mind. And, you know, next thing you know, it blows up across the entire world. So um, that's a good point. They should yeah. have, whenever you buy something and you look at the reviews, they should have the number of items that sold. Exactly. In relation to the reviews, because you'll see yeah. 20 shitty reviews, but they sold a million of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a good point. Real good point. But then yeah. there's also the ones that are like uh, verified purchases that like the people didn't actually purchase it. They just leave a review to get like credit or something that that happens all the time, too. Now, really? So, oh, oh, yeah. It's like a scam it's a, thing. It, well, yeah. The, like when so they're what's the, the reasoning seeds, behind it? What's the reasoning behind a, do it? if they have like a higher seller rating, then like they show up better and they look better when they go to sell stuff. It's, it's a whole fucking world out there that I don't get it all, but I understand what the scam side of it is. Yeah. So the the world, uh, I, I like my, uh, I like my group of friends and my small little piece of heaven that I have here. Um, The world scares me to to be honest with you, because there's some fucking wing nuts out there. Um, it's probably, probably a good point to mention for people who don't know. If you're booking a guide service such as SLO or whoever, yeah, it's not just don't expect to just pay the guide fee. If it's say two fifty, three fifty, four fifty a day, depending on where you're going per right. person, yeah. If, if it's two fifty a day, expect to spend another hundred a day on tips because yeah. the person you're 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 who's taking you out. Yeah, yeah, they get paid, but the outfitter gets paid, right? And the guy's working their ass off all day long. Yeah. Josh, Josh is uh, Josh is just going to sit back and let us run with this one. <laughs> we got no, you, buddy. We got you. Yeah, we I've, got I've, you. I've always said, I've always said that uh, you know, a tip, a tip isn't isn't a necessity. Don't get me wrong. I, I enjoy it, obviously. Like it's more than welcome. But yeah. I don't, I don't do, I don't do my job for a tip. So. No, no, oh, of but, course. It, but. It's just, it's just, it's nice it's to see kind of the way it works in the industry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Generally, especially when yeah. you get up to the higher end guys and stuff. That's right. You, or even the lower end guys, if someone's going out of their way to work their ass off to try and get you on birds, regardless of the result, I understand how you say, mm-hmm. if you don't have a smasher of a hunt, you might not get as lucrative a tip. It doesn't matter. The guy who brought you on the hunt still worked their ass off all day mm-hmm. and the night before. Yeah. yeah, and the day before to get you on birds, right? Yeah, so, try it. Yeah, try it. Yeah. Thing, <laughs> we got we 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 got you, buddy. We got you. I appreciate we, you. 
We got you because you know what? And, and it's great that you brought that up, Mark, because when I went out West a bunch of years ago, that was something I didn't think of. It, it would have been the first time that I had went with an actual guide. Um, so everybody else in the party, they all, uh, you know, accounted for this, this few extra dollars that the, the budget for, for tips for, for the guide. I didn't, I, I, not something. Uh, now I, I had the money. It was, but I didn't account for it. I didn't budget that. So it is, it is something because um, for anybody that's listening or watching, um, what you don't see is the amount of scouting and and the the you know the cups of coffee and and eating fucking shit while you're on the road scouting and trying to find birds for the clients, right? Like it, it, it is a, it's, it's a nice thank you to give to the guide if, if it's possible for you to give it to him. So um, anyways, I digress. We got that out there. Hopefully, uh, hopefully your pockets get lined this fall, uh, Josh. Yeah. Oh, hopefully. Always, always so listen, how, how's the, I know we're, we're fairly early into the season so far. Um, and I'm not that far from you. I'm only, you know, where you guys are operating, I'm only an hour, hour and a half away from you guys. Um, I'm just starting to see birds now. Like we've had resident birds that are around, um, but we're, I'm just starting to see birds like in the last week. How, how are you guys doing down there for numbers? Well, I'm sure, I'm sure Mark, I'm sure Mark can attest to this. Cause he said, yeah, cause you're, I mean, you're not far from where I'm at right now. Yeah, not far at all. Like I said, I'm just, I'm just down in Chesterville, but if it's, I mean, I have never seen, and it's been a, sorry, I'll rephrase that. It's been a long time since I seen this amount of geese here this early. Really? Now, yeah. yeah it's, it's full, 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 full. Now, whether or not that is, that's a sign of a real big hatch. Right. Or, I mean, just, I mean, cause with the COVID stuff there, nobody's getting their studies like they should be. Mm -hmm. um, so whether or not it was a real big hatch, or like everything, I know this year, so we, we always we always kind of break it down where we're at in Eastern Ontario. Um, we always seem to get a small migration towards the end of our early season, typically. Mm -hmm. um, then we get that one coming in to when season is getting close to starting our regular season when ducks come in. Uh, then we get that one, it seems like first week of October, you get another one around first week of November. And then once Ottawa freezes out, uh, and gets real cold, that's when we get all those birds to push down here to the St. Lawrence. But it has been a very, very long time since I've seen this many show up this early. Wow. And like I said, it's either it's either because of the hatch or they know something that we don't. Well, and uh, and the uh, like everything was perfect for them though. Like we had we had a five or six day stretch where it was like when I can't remember when the full moon was. But it was a full moon not long ago, and it had north winds or northeast mm -hmm. winds all at the same time, which our biggest migrations always seem to come on northeasts. Yeah. And every, everything just lined up perfectly for them. So it's it's almost concerning to see, like, it's like a 50-50 concerning right now to yeah, see yeah, how yeah. many birds are here right now. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's just because it is so early. So whether or not that's a sign we're going to have a very early winter and our season's going to be over quick. Or the hatch was just that extraordinary. And like our November push and our December push is going to be, it's going to be just as big. So, well, I mean, only time whole, to tell. 
I guess there's two points I want to make for anyone that's listening, that's looking to book with St. Lawrence Outfitters. Those dates that Josh just said, you know, when all <laughs> those good migrations come in, remember that shit and book it on those times next year. Fuckers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, now I forget what I was going to say. <laughs> um, okay. So while you're, while you're thinking of that, Dave, I want to, I want to toss a theory out and I want to know what your guys thoughts on it. So it, it's no secret that the prairie potholes are in a drought and a, a horrible hatch, no water. Um, and I know geographically how much land mass that those birds would have to cover in order to get over to Eastern Ontario. But is it at all possible that, that because of this no water out in the prairies and birds are moving, moving east, is, is that a possibility? Uh, I'm, I'm just just based off of what i see i'm gonna say no just because okay the the ducks i mean if, yeah. they, if, if, if they decided if that's if that's you know what you're saying it did happen um yeah. we should be seeing thousands uh, upon thousands upon thousands of ducks every day as well fair. and yeah you know, we, there, we there's no different so. yeah there's no different than the in the duck numbers no, no you're absolutely no, no, no. right no, this this like this migration i'm talking about this is all all canada geese so really yeah. um our ducks like it takes it takes a while for our ducks to really start showing up here like you need oh, yeah. some cold weather but yeah, yeah. Uh, like that and that's that's the only that's the only uh justification i have is why i don't think those birds no. and it makes sense way. yeah but uh I mean, maybe, I mean, maybe they just got hooked up with those ducks that usually come down here in November and come November is going to be the most insane duck migration. If, oh my if God. It is, I'll get a hold of you and tell you, Hey, you know I, what? You were right. But buddy, uh, if it is the, the, I like, cause I I'm like getting giddy right now. Just thinking about if, if cause I know what our end November uh, to mid December looks like uh, for mallards, like it, it's ridiculous. It's it's unbelievable. Um, if that was to get any better, oh, I, I don't know what I'd do with myself. Well, I, I know because really I did. like many, 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 many years ago now, and actually it's kind of it's kind of touching on your ducks from out west point there. But many, many years ago, we used to hunt uh, Lake Ontario up in Napanee. Yep. And or, or Hay Bay, wherever the heck it was out there. Yep. Hay Bay. Yep. And it was like the mallards late in the season near December, January was just, it was unreal. You know, we were shooting yep. fields with four or 5,000, 6,000 ducks in it. Yep. Well, in a one week stretch, this was all within three or four days, we killed a duck band from Minnesota. And we also killed a duck band from Alberta all within the same week. Wow. So, that's that's kind of touching on things a little bit right there like is is all those lake ontario ducks coming from out west well so if you look at and and you're the expert and i i can only go on hearsay and and what i've been told and what i've found out on facebook and stuff like this but the numbers of of snow geese in the spring like those numbers are steady steadily increasing for this area correct is that is that right to say yeah, no, definitely, definitely. So, you know, like there, there is a shift. And then um, the other day I heard tell of uh, consistently every year in Eastern Ontario, there's cinnamon teal being shot. Um, oh, really? 
so I've heard this and, and it's a couple dudes that, that are usually doing it. And it's, it's not like they're, they're saying it for the sake of saying it, like they're, they're shooting cinnamon teal. Um, it, it's, it's quick. It comes in, they shoot one or two and then it's gone. And, but there's obviously a shift or something happening, you know, like if you're looking at snow geese, we're seeing, we're seeing a, a, an increased population in crane now. Um, we're seeing the population of snow geese. You're hearing about these weird, uh, these weird ducks now, like the, like a cinnamon teal coming through. Like th- there's obviously a shift. There's something going on that, um, you know, that that's affecting the birds. And then for you to say that, you know, in in Hay Bay in in December, you're shooting a bird from Minnesota and one from Alberta, buddy. That's a that's a huge distance of landmass to cover. before you get here exactly no like i said that was the that was certainly the interesting part about that so and i mean just just kind of touch on what you were saying and i don't know if this is just because they blew up or what the reason is but 15 16 years ago here where we're at and you know 65 yeah the we didn't have snow geese yeah we didn't see any if if you've seen a snow goose it was you know one or two of them mixed into a flock of you know eight thousand canada geese yeah. Or all of a sudden, you know, a flock of 10 flew over. It was, you know, this, this all this happened. It happened overnight where all of a sudden it was one season. You didn't see nothing to all of a sudden, you know, now there's a hundred thousand or 200,000, whatever it is that stage in, in Eastern Ontario during the migration. So yeah, you, you wonder why, why all of a sudden it happened like that, but yeah. No, um, I, to get back to the St. Lawrence outfitters, to tell, tell our listeners and especially, God forbid there's someone that's never heard of St. Lawrence Outfitters. Um, but how big, I, I know I can generalize how big of an area it is that you guys hunt, but how many acres are you guys that, that you, can you even put a number to it? Oh that, my gosh. <laughs> uh, I know, I know Dave figured it out at one point in time, uh, how much acreage of land we were kind of vaguely hunting. Um, but to put into perspective, typically, typically when we're scouting at night, there's three trucks on the road and yeah. we drive for three hours every single night. And we're covering an area from the Quebec border all the way across West, to like the 416 and uh, all the way north to, you know, you're darn near getting to Ottawa at this point and right down to the St. Lawrence. So if you kind of draw a big square, yeah. Yeah. the whole thing is a square, however it is. I mean, there's, we got land, you know, permission on land through, through that entire area. So it's, so, it's a so lot. I'm, I'm thinking, so from the border, Ottawa, 416 down to the, down to the St. Lawrence um, and then back to the border. So two hours, regardless of driving so east west uh maybe not north south but east west two hours for sure and a good hour north south of uh, that square right so more more like a rectangle but um a serious and that and that uh, for anybody that's not familiar with eastern ontario that is not an urban center that is nothing but fucking farmland um, that's a lot so, of back road driving. <laughs> yeah, that's that's exactly that is nothing but farmland and back roads. Um, so there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of urban urban area in there. So yeah, 
that that is impressive because I know like you can talk to people about St. Lawrence Outfitters and they'll say, um, well, when, when were you at St. Lawrence Outfitters? Were you there when they were in, was it Lansdowne? Oh, we had, well, yeah. I mean, going back, going back when Dave started. Yeah. uh, I mean, he used to run the business out of, uh, out of Mallory town, out of Mallory town. Right. That's where kind of he, that's where kind of he started. And, it was probably, no, it would have been, you know, it would have been 16, 18 years ago, 19 years, 20 or whatever it's been. That's yeah. when he started running the hunts down on this side of Eastern or uh, this area here where we're at now. Yeah. Um, so it's, I mean, it's, it's a long, long, long time of farmer connections. So. Oh, ab- absolutely. Dave, sorry. Did you find, did you remember what you were, what you were going to ask? Yeah, I've had like three or four things in here, but you just keep talking, Damien. Holy so, shit! Okay, hey, I'm going to tell I'm, you to shut up, and I will. So uh, I'm going to pop my mic, Josh. I'm, I want to hear what you're saying, Josh. <laughs> I don't I'm, even know. I'm, what... go, I'm going on mute. Fuck you. <laughs> no, no the, fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> no, Josh. When you talk about you're on the road for three hours, when we're talking to to new hunters and we're telling them how to scout here, um, we're telling them, you know find the roost, find the loaf and kind of follow the birds from there to find where they're going. But you guys are covering such a massive amount of land. Like, are you just looking at the properties that you're have permission on or how are you guys doing that with such a big organization? So like, like, like I was saying, you know, we might drive for two, you know, we'll, we'll call it, we'll call it two and a half to be modest here. You know um, there's definitely nights where you drive for three hours, but you know, the way things have been the amount of geese, it's probably like, we'll call it two hours here lately. Um, and that's whenever I'm saying we're driving two hours, like I said, that's, that's three trucks on the road driving for two hours in a certain area in a small area that probably only takes, like, if you just did it once, it probably only take you 15 or 20 minutes to do that area or half an hour to do it. But by the time, you know, it's, and it's, this is, this is the same anywhere. You'll have geese fly off a roost. Exactly. Just like Mark's doing, you know, you're just driving a circle like this (laughs) nonstop. You wait for the same farmer 15 times a night. And, but it's, like I said, it's, it's such a small area, but we're just dissecting it so well. Um, we'll start around a roost, you know, typically we'll get kind of relatively close. <clears throat> and after that, you know, you just kind of start branching off, branching off. Like there's been, there's been several nights where I sit on the roost and, you know, I'll wait for five or six bunches to fly off the roost to start going a certain direction. Okay. You know, Hey, that's enough to go off. Of now I'll start going that way, drive 20 minutes down the road to watch every single one of them turn back around and fly right back to the lot to the roost again okay well that was a waste of time and when you get back to the roost now everything that was sitting there is gone and you have no idea which way they went. so that's when like mark said and doing his fingers here that's when the whole you know two hours of doing this and you know like a 30 a 30 minute block you know kind of starts adding up so the, the distractor geese yeah <laughs> yeah exactly they, the, kind of, you know. they, they pull a fast one on you they know what they're doing they don't yeah, get enough kind- credit but they secretly know yeah, it's kind of like that joke where the guy comes out of the bar and the police officer's waiting for him and, and he's sitting there and he pretending he's drunk and pretending he's drunk and and then all his buddies get in their cars and they all leave and then he as soon as everyone's gone, he jumps in the truck and the police officer pulls him over and he's sober as hell and like finally <laughs> understands what's going on, right? That's what those geese are to you. So. <laughs> oh, I, I, this is, I mean, you might, you might call this absolutely far-fetched, but I, I swear on my mother's life, I could be in somebody else's vehicle or a car, pull over on the side of the road, and the geese won't won't bat an eye, right? Keep feeding, doing whatever. I pull over in my truck, 
every single one of them puts their heads up, stands up, looking at me, and starts walking deeper into the field as fast as they could get. So yeah. it, it might, it might, it might all be in my mind, but I'm absolutely just sworn on it. So, so how many, how many hunts are you guys scouting for per day? Like, do you sometimes have multiple hunts in a day going on? Or yeah, like like I said, I mean, things with this whole COVID stuff that's gone on, like it's 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 limited it's definitely cut back on our amount of groups um you know things you know we used to be looking for four to five hunts a day and now we might be looking for two or one or three whatever it is right but and this is this is where you know we kind of we're going back on things here but i think where you know david's built his reputation in this business is because you know we are looking so hard and trying to find the absolute best spot for these guys. I mean, and there's, there's nights, I mean, it's, it was 20 degrees tonight and the geese flew off the roost and only went, you know, to a dirt field, not far from the roost and said, okay, screw it. This is where we're spending the night. These things happen, but that's why three trucks are on the road, regardless if we're looking for one hunt or four hunts or five hunts is just because you get nights like tonight and they happen more often than you imagine, but through all that, with these guys driving, uh, you're, I mean, you're bound to come up with something or at least come up with some sort of plan to where guys are going to be on birds or underneath birds. So, and, and you're kind of tying it all back to my first thing from way back at the start of this episode with what's gone on with COVID. Like last year, the Americans weren't coming up to hunt. Um, they couldn't just drive up here. And even this year, like a lot of them canceled because of certain reasons that we won't get into on this show, but do you think that that had an effect over the last two years on bird numbers going forward? Like, do you think, cause you guys would know better. You're you used to be doing five hunts a day, say two people or three people. Yeah. And now all those birds aren't getting shot up here. Those people aren't coming up from the States to shoot them. Do you think it's having much of an effect? I don't, I don't think it is because I mean, and, and you hear, you hear about this. I mean, I've been hearing about it ever since I started, but guys have been saying, you know, oh, you know, there's not as many hunters around as there was 15, 20 years ago. Well, when I first started here, you were lucky to hear not, I mean, I don't know if you want to call it lucky or not, but you were, you were, you were amazed if you heard another group of guys goose hunting between opening weekend and December. You just you didn't see it. There was nobody goose hunting. There might have been like the opening, opening weekend and then September, you might have had a few guys go out and shoot ponds for woodies or uh, do a field hunt for geese. But that was it. Like you would not run into another hunter the rest of the season. Now, like, you know, there's, there's a lot of guys that have taken up goose hunting now. And especially, especially too, when everybody was off with its COVID stuff for the last two years, you know, there's, there's even more guys that are hunting now. So where we lost having groups because of the COVID stuff, I think it just counterbalanced with the, with the local people that went out and hunt. And I think it's great. I mean, you know, the, the birds are here. They're only here for a short amount of time. Get out and have some fun with them. But, uh, mm-hmm. but no, like, man, I can't, I can't say that there's more birds around because, because we're less groups because I mean, there's still, there's still more guys hunting now than ever. It seems like. So. I think there's also more people because of the generational thing where like even my son, like if I took him deer hunting and he had to sit in a deer stand for four nights in a row, not seeing a deer, it would just be the end of the world. But, you go duck goose hunting, turkey hunting. Like, you know, if you're shooting something mm-hmm. a couple hours later, it's like, okay, we've had enough. Let's just go home. And it's not the end of the world, right? Like you don't have to put in that big time. So the kids are getting that instant gratification of going, seeing the flocks, knowing that there's going to be birds coming. And, and I think that's a big deal. Why a lot of these kids are, are coming into the goose and duck hunting. Oh, for sure. Man. 
Absolutely. Right? And and you look at it too, like we kind of we kind of touched on social media and the bads of it prior, but like now, and I'm I'm sure you guys can attest to this, but when, like I'm sure when we all first started, you got your information off a Nightingale hunting DVD or VHS that you found in store, or you got Wildfowl magazine, or you got a Delta Waterfowl or a DU magazine. And that's where a lot, or just word of mouth from somebody, you know, that's hunting in the area, but now all the, like this up and coming generation is getting into hunting, like everything that you need to know, you know, that took, that took, you know, all of us years and years and years. There's a lot of stuff you're not going to learn from social media or, or video, but you're, you're off to a running start with the amount of material that's available, just, you know, right at the end of your fingertip. It's, it's right there. Everything's right there for you to learn now. So I think, you know, like you're saying, a lot of this younger generation is definitely taking advantage of it. Gears getting better than it ever was before. So, you know, just, just that alone, you know, you get a guy that has, a, you know, a field of Canada geese and buys two, three dozen nice decoys. I mean, even if he doesn't know a whole lot about reading birds and watching birds and all that, odds are he's still going to get some shooting at something. So it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's better. It's better now than, than ever in terms of guys coming up and learning and I think, I think through social media, you're seeing guys that are learning, the guys that learn off of it are learning the right way and the proper way, uh, what I call the, the right way and proper way of doing things. So that's always good to see now too. Yeah, that's good. Um, can you tell us what it takes to be a guide or an outfitter in Ontario? Like some places in this, I, I know I just, I know the answer, but I just wanted to, it's better if it comes from an expert. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> yeah. Like down I in the States, there's certain loosely. places you have to do a course or get like a, a certificate or something. What do you need in Ontario? Uh, in Ontario, to be a waterfowler, you should probably have your hunting license. You should probably have a duck stamp, your gun license. You know, that's not a bad thing to have either. Um, I'm not, I know out West, I went out there for one season and you had to have a guide license. But that was as simple as I think we signed a piece of paper across the counter somewhere at the at the local. I don't know what it is out there. Their their DNR or MNR, whatever it is out that way. Um, and Quebec, excuse me, but I think I want to say, and I I mean, quote me if I'm wrong. I feel like Ontario is like the only spot you don't need a license to be a guy. Anybody can do it. If you have a trailer full of decoys or bed of decoys, okay, you're a guy now. Yeah, it's it's, it's 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 the truth though. Anybody yeah. can do it, as far as I know. So, what what about like um, health, like first aid course, um, insurance? Do you need any of that? Uh, David David has insurance through the business, like uh, yeah. for obvious reasons. If anything ever did happen, he's got that. Um, I've watched a few YouTube videos on how to perform CPR, but that's about as far as my training goes in that uh still still i mean i mean i'm sure in life of that situation okay i'm gonna put my lips to somebody but i'd rather a whole heck of a lot not be doing Stick that your thumb exactly. in the hole. Yeah. Down. <laughs> but uh no that, that's not that we've been we've been talking about too in recent years because just just over the fact that like going back before a lot of our clients are you know return have been coming forever and are you know there's you know we, have, we deal with a lot of older older clientele in a year and that's always been a major not a major well yeah a major concern with me is, you know, if I'm taking one of these guys out hunting and all of a sudden he has a heart attack or something happens while we're out there, you know, do I know what I'm doing? So we've been kind of, we've been piddling back and forth with it, like learning a little bit more on what to do and kind of our, our plan of action of what we should do. Um, but uh, that, that's about as far as that goes right now. So 
for anyone listening, step one is dial 911 and get someone there. As soon as <laughs> yeah, you get them going. That, that's, that's a good way, eh? Right? Scene survey. <laughs> Scene survey. So, no, I, yeah, I just found it very odd that um, it seems like more and more we're seeing more and more guiding services show up or in Ontario, like all around. And it's like, it just seems, it seems odd that so many are popping up all over the place, but really there's nothing like, I could tomorrow I could just say like, Oh, I'm going to be punisher guide service for, you know, every couple of days or whatever, but it just seemed like a, an odd thing about Ontario. So I just want to make sure we talk about that. So. Oh, okay. for sure. Absolutely. I mean, it is. And, uh, and, and like I said, the scary thing, and this is, this is, this has always been something that's kind of bo- not bothered me, but like trying to break it down the best I can here throughout the season, I am meeting up with fellas that, you know, some of them I've never met before. Some of them I see a couple times a year. Some of them I see, you know, for three days out of an entire year. I'm meeting up with these guys that I never met before that all have a loaded gun in their hand and I'm hanging out with them, you know, hunting with your buddies, you know, and, and you can, you can, you can figure out who's your buddies real quick. You might have somebody that you consider a friend and you go hunting with them and see how dangerous can be. Okay. Well, listen, I'm not going hunting with you anymore, but I don't really, to an extent have that choice you know these guys are coming up on a trip hey fellas i'm josh good to meet you let's go hang out with some loaded guns in a cornfield for a few hours okay that could be a bit concerning um so like when we go out like and every every one of us here is the same like we always give a big spiel first thing in the morning like this what's going to happen like i mean and if you i mean if you don't like it you know this is this is how we're running things. This is how I'm running things. And I mean, I don't care if you get a goose as long as we all come out of here alive. And there's never been like, I mean, like I said, in 16, 17 years of doing this, I've never had the, I can probably count on one hand where I've had a gun go off accidentally or something's been scary at that current moment in time. Um, like everybody, like I mean, God bless the doc on wood has always been, always been very safe after our spiel or even before the spiel. So um, but that's, uh, like I said, that's where, you know, having insurance as an outfitter, I mean, you, you got to watch that too, right? Like, you know, I don't know how many guys in Ontario do, but, uh, you know, definitely with St. Lawrence and Dave, we can say that, uh, you know, we're covered there. So, so first thing in the morning, show up for a hunt, give them the spiel. Do you check their ammo, check their tags, check their stamp, or is that on them or, or what that's, goes on that's there? That's on them. I mean, that's, that's on them. They all know they all know the requirements to be a, a waterfowl hunter in Ontario. It's, it's not hard. It's been the same thing for, for years. They might've changed Like You know, I don't, I don't think the guys, you know, out by, out by Damien here, but uh, you know, we, we've recently went to a three bird limit here in October for uh, this comes in like September 25th till the end of October or somewhere. Um, you go outside of 65, you can shoot five. You come into 65, you can only shoot three, but this is all stuff that, you know, Hey, as a, as a, as a guide, you know, and I, I tell everybody this, you know, this is, this is what our limit is, blah, blah, blah. Um, but you as a hunter, I mean, that's, you need to know that stuff. You do. If you're going to go out, I mean, it's not all this, you know, bells and whistles, you show up and shoot. You should know that just, just as a human being, you should know this stuff. Um, but like with that being said, I mean, uh, I mean the tag, the tag thing, I mean, that that's on them. I'm licensed. I know what, I know what I have. I have my stamp. I have my small game. I have my PAL. I'm covered. If something's, you know, if some, a game warden comes out and checks you and you're not covered, well, that's, that's on you. That's not on me. I didn't do that. So. Yeah. And that's, uh, 
Yeah, I won't get into it. So you don't check ammo and you're not like, oh, you're shooting this. So uh, if there's an 80 yard sky bust, you can be the one to shoot it. Like, yeah, no, I've, uh, <laughs> we, and we do like, we, we have a lot of first time hunters and I've had guys, you know, and this before we ever got shooting kind of thing, you know, we're all meeting at the trucks and I watch, I watch what guys are putting in for gear and putting in for shelter in their bag or, or whatever. And, you know, before we ever hit the field, I know there was a guy that had a box of seven and a half lead, like target loads. And I'm like, hey, hey there, big guy, you know, this, this isn't going to work. Uh, so he left that in his truck. You know, I had, a, I had a box of steel I was able to give him. But we certainly watched for that stuff. And, uh, like, there's been times out in the field where I've noticed, you know, a guy was shooting. Uh, and I mean, don't get me wrong, a, a decoy and goose, you don't need BBs. You don't need triple BBs. Um, threes and fours work just fine. Um, but, uh, you know, there'll be some guy, you know, you kind of go over things, you know, what. And they all ask you, too, like, oh, what do you like to shoot? Or, uh you know, what kind of choke do you like, whatever it is. So you always answer those truthfully. And like I said, 90, 99% of guys that come with us, they are all, every one of them is prepared, right? It's very, 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 very few guys that, you know, show up, have no idea what's going on or never goose hunted before in their life. And even with, even if they do, even if they haven't sorry, uh, hunted geese before, um, they've gone, you know, taken the time to learn about the, uh, the regulations and, uh, you know, the appropriate shot size, the appropriate chokes and, and nobody shoots and nobody shoots unless, you know, we, we give the go ahead. So there's uh there's certainly no, uh, no sky busting anyways. Yeah. That was a bit of a inside joke here with the, oh. the boys knew what we were talking about and I'll fill you in later. <laughs> Sounds good. So, yeah. But no, that was, uh, no, that's, that's some good information there. So uh, Damon, you can unmute now. <laughs> <laughs> But how how come we don't hear from Mark? Mark, why are you talking? You just do a circle. Oh, I was gonna, I was gonna ask. Boys, do you think if you ask 100 true duck hunters, uh-huh. they'd all uh-huh. know who SLO is? I I would think say. so. I would think so. So and that's another. No. That's I'm, an I'm inside joke. No. I'm talking true duck hunters. I'm, I'm, ta- I'm not talking about guys who use range finders from the boats. Uh-huh. I'm talking true duck hunters. If if, if you asked a hundred, how many would know us? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we'll say and, one to be safe, but it might be more than that. <laughs> in in Ontario, I yeah, uh, another inside joke. Uh, in Ontario, Josh, I, I I think I think you would be I think you'd be really surprised if if you were to throw out St. Lawrence Outfitters here in Ontario. Um, how many fellows would recognize the name? Um, I I really do. I I think you well, can split that up. That. I think you can split that up into the two age categories, maybe from like 30 years old and older and 30 and under, because I yeah. think I find a lot of the guys around here that are younger don't want to spend money on stuff that, you know, so they wouldn't know any of the guide services just based on they're not mm-hmm. looking into it. They're not looking to use a guide. They're not, you know, watching what these guys are doing They're Hey, I can buy my, 10 dozen silos and a A-frame blind and go out and shoot these birds on my own. I'm not spending money on anything else. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's, I think it's a generational thing that, and hopefully when they're a little bit older, they understand like some of the best hunts are going to be when you have someone else do all that work for you. You sit exactly. back, you crack jokes, 
Josh makes you some bacon and eggs in that blind, and you shoot <laughs> birds all morning. And you and, know, hey, like, if, if I'm making if I'm making bacon and eggs in a blind, you might be a little bit concerned because I know we're sticking, we're going to be there for a long time. <laughs> probably bacon and eggs, so. No, so, hey, do you make breakfast too? <laughs> but that yeah, that's there's, a, there's, 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 I could probably count on one hand how many times I've actually made made breakfast or brought food to the blind. And it's because I knew damn well that I was going to be there for more than about two hours. So, but that's a really good point when you're bringing up that fact of uh, yeah, I just I just lost my train of thought. The young frugal hunters. Oh, so so using so so we look at these at these um, so younger than thirty, and and that's a broad statement to make, right? Yeah. Uh, so. But so let, let's look at this generation of, of people like you alluded to, Josh, that they can go on YouTube, they can go on social media, they can they can watch videos and, and, and see it first. Like they can see instruction on how to set up uh, a spread, how to call, how to scout. Everything is, is it's there. And that and that's awesome. And it's awesome that this generation is able to do it because. I wasn't able to do it. Mark wasn't able to do it. You weren't able to do it. And neither were Dave. We didn't have those, those tools available to us. So like the internet. So, yeah. <laughs> I see the, the internet on computers these days. Yeah, just, um, just, just when you're getting deep into a YouTube video of goose hunting, you got to get off because mom needs to use the phone, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's awesome that, that you use those tools and, and stuff. And, and I'm not discouraging anybody from using those tools. The thing that you will realize, and Dave, you touched on it to be able to walk into a lodge with your case of beer underneath your arms, sit back and drink and know, or whatever you want to do. If it's tea, if it's beer, if it's coffee, fuck, whatever. But to know that tomorrow morning, you don't have to set up those friggin' eight dozen decoys and grass in a blind and do all of these things. That right there is the definition of why you tip your guide, because you're <laughs> back at the lodge and you're just getting shittered and you're playing grabby ass with all your buddies. And the guide is doing all the work. And that is, and that's the thing. So not discouraging anybody from, from, Hey, go buy your dozen silos, go out and, and, and scout a field by yourself, because really the only way you're going to learn is by trial and error. That that's and, the, and, but yeah, I think and, and, kind thing- of, and kind of just to touch on that, like, and you got to remember too, and this is, and this, this is one that really grinds my gears a little bit. Um, you'll look at people that, think less of other goose hunters because they went to an outfitter. <laughs> yeah. It's a cold reality of it. Yeah. But that, that's jealousy, buddy. In the country, not yeah. everybody has access to hundreds of acres or even, even, a, even if your uncle owned a small farm, like 50, hundred acres to hunt. Not everybody has that. Like we get a lot of clientele from, from Ottawa, from Toronto that, you know, these people might have grew up hunting when they were younger, got a job in the big city, there's nowhere mm-hmm. to keep a six by 10 enclosed trailer full of decoys Absolutely. or blinds or dogs or even, even having a gun there. You know, I mean, everybody yep. does obviously, but mm-hmm. don't think anything less of these guys because they used an outfitter. 
Not no, everybody has the access to to be able to absolutely you know, have a full trailer of decoys or uh, or even I mean I mean you look at you look at okay so what's like I just recently purchased a bunch of decoys from Pat and yeah. uh, and Pat like, great deal. in case anybody's was, wondering yeah and it was it was a lot it was a lot of money but this you know that's 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 my livelihood yeah not everybody's gonna so you you try to justify okay am I gonna go out and spend five thousand dollars on decoys. Another eight thousand dollars on trailers, another mm-hmm. two thousand dollars on blinds, or are you going to pay, you know, whatever it is, two hundred and fifty bucks to yeah. go out and not have to worry about that stuff the rest of the year? Absolutely. See, I am that person. I I am especially when it comes to goose hunting. I am. I'm not going to go out and buy a trailer. I'm not going to dump five k in the decoys because I'm not. I'm not going to do it. And if I want to to hunt geese and 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 somebody do the work for me listen 250 bucks a day plus tip to me is worth it it's a it's a big stretch from about a seven thousand dollar trailer so big time big time i've I've sent guys to you josh uh because the guys i work with guys i know they they know i hunt they know i like to and then they get interested in hunting and they're like I want to go goose hunting or I want to go duck hunting or whatever. Can you, can you get me out? And I'm like, man, I can barely get myself out. I don't know what I'm getting you with. So here's what you do. I said, you have no gear, but you got a firearm. I said, go talk to, and and I'll say you guys, St. Lawrence Outfitters. I said, and uh, get out on a hunt with them Mm -hmm. and be a sponge, be an absolute sponge for what's going on in that hunt. I said, uh, and then you're going to realize whether, you're going to really enjoy and doing it and look at the resources required to do it. Right. So I've sent a, a few guys your way that oh, I, we appreciate uh, it. So for sure. And, so and, I, I know they've hunted with you, man. I know they had a good time. So. And you touch on a good subject there. Like when you're paying for that guide service, two things like number one, watch what they're doing, listen to them. It's going to help you improve as a hunter because like, I'm getting out three or four days a week right now. Josh is getting out seven days a week for the whole fall. He's seeing more situations. He's into more stuff, knows his shit, right? Those are the guys that you want to kind of listen and learn when you're out there. Still have the hunt, like, but -hmm. listen and learn and listen how he's, you know, when he changes his tone, when he's calling and all that other shit, like listen to Josh, ask him questions. He's going to be open with you. But the other thing, the other thing too is like, when we're using guide service, I didn't mean, I didn't mean it to come across as a mean thing about the under thirties, but those guys are still in their infancy of hunting right now. They're still like, Hey, I can do all this stuff. Right. But when you want to venture out and like, Hey, I want to go hunt Lake St. Clair. Hey, I want to go hunt snow geese with, I want to go hunt long point, like spend the money, have someone that knows his shit. Right. I can go down to Lake St. Clair. It's going to take me two days to find the birds. And then I'm going to have a good hunt the third day or, and I'm going to spend a hotel anyway to be down there. Or I can go with one of the guides that are out there that I know who's watching the birds every single day and knows where they are and have three good days of hunting. So there's a very good use of going out to these guides and outfitters. I didn't want to come across as being like 30 year old, you know, I'm just trying to yeah. No, no, and I, I don't think, I don't think it came across that way. I yeah. think it came across as though those, you know, the under thirty are, are mostly the, the newer, um, 
the newer generation that's getting into it. Listen, we we have a chat group going on um, next week and we're holding our annual hunt weekend um, and we have a group chat going on and, and we've got, you know, 16 people and every one of them's got a different level of experience. And um, I'm not a goose hunter. I, I don't know how to hunt geese. Um, and what little bit I do know, I learned from hunting with Ryan and Merck and, and, and Jason Sear and Peter Hetfield. Um, and it's, it's very limited. And on this chat group that we have for this, every day, there's a question about how to set up for geese. And it's, and it's all from, um, it's all from these fellas that are, that are, you know, they're trying their best to get out, hunt um, with, with the limited amount of money and resources that they have. And they're trying to figure it out. And, and that is the, the, the one thing. And, and Dave, you touched on it with Josh. Like if you're out and you're out with a guide, listen, ask him, ask him why he's doing that. Why is he setting the decoys that way? Why, why are you facing the blind this way with the wind? Why are we doing a side shoot today? Why aren't we doing it with the wind in our back? You know, it, it's up to you to ask those. The guides will tell you. I, I haven't had a ton of experience with guides, but every one that I have, they're an open book. It's, there's no secret spells. Um, there's no magic book that the guides are all holding on to. They'll tell you. And, and at the end of the day, and Josh, you can, you can attest to this, some days they're just not going to work for you. Yeah, some days they really they can really humble you a lot of days. So. <laughs> Absolutely. Mean, you put a big picture of things you put it. If you went out and shot a limit every single day of your life for every, you know, the entire season, there yep. wouldn't be nothing left. So every so often these things need a win. And they get a win. And when they do, yeah. it really it really brings you back to reality. Like you might go on a streak of shooting limits for 20 days straight. Yeah. And all of a sudden, okay, hey, now something changed and you can't, you know, you can't barely bag one in. Well, that's the cold reality of it. At the end, you know, if, yeah. if it wasn't hunting, if it wasn't just hunting, if it was killing, yeah, there wouldn't be anything left for us. So and and everybody would do it. If it was exactly. just killing, if it was just killing, if it was if it was simple to just grab your gun and go out and fill your freezer everybody to be doing it yeah like i i don't like i don't i don't wish those bad days on anybody like like i said doing it long enough now like to put it into retrospect here when i met dave i had hair down to my shoulders and now i don't held a whole hell of a lot left so it's uh it went away real please, quick. I can honestly, I can please tell me tell me at 14 you were rocking a mullet Please tell me. I didn't, I, at 14, see, I was, I was a metalhead at 14. But he, he was 14 and what, how old are you now? Uh, 32. Yeah, so he was 14, friggin' a very much more recent time than us. Yeah. <laughs> but no, like, sure. like I said, a metalhead, like it was, it was down to shoulder leg here and the front yeah. part I could pull down to here. It was just a big set of hair. And then, then the Canada goose comes along and it just kind of starts <laughs> yeah. going out every which way. So. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're Mom, hunting. I hate my black T-shirts. I want a goose T-shirt. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess, and I, I honestly, this is God's honest truth. There's been so many days, whether it's birds or guys, you know, it doesn't matter where, you know, things get a little rough and you don't freak out, but you take the hat off and you, 
do one of those, and I swear to God, I've rubbed it out over the years. So. That's awesome. Josh, buddy, we're, we're almost at that 60-minute mark, and, and there's one thing that I want to give you the opportunity, um, give you some air time to do. Actually, I've got two things. Um, but the first, I, I want to give you the opportunity just for anybody that don't know, and, and, and I'll do a, a prelude to this in the fact of, listen, everybody that you come across, these guides, they're human fucking beings. Um, they're not God, and they can't control shit. They can't control the weather. They can't control the birds. So um, as a guide, you must come across every walk of life that's imaginable. If you were, if you were to give advice to anybody and, and to put it out to our millions and millions of listeners, um, <laughs> I like how you laughed at that. That's awesome. No, I, I see. I got, I got thinking about Dwayne the Rock Johnson there when he was a wrestler, right? The millions and millions, millions, yeah, of the Rock um, fans. You're the first person uh, to get it, by the way. Yeah, you are oh, really? the first. Yeah, you are the very first person to get it. Um, but if you had advice to throw out there to, to anybody that's never, ever been to a guide or even people that have been to the guide, but they've, they've been douchebags, um, you know, what advice would you give to anybody on, on managing expectations? Managing expectations. Uh, look at it as, and, and, and this, I mean, this, you can't say this for every guide service, but do your research on who you go with. Mm-hmm. Do your research. And like I said, there is a lot, a lot of good outfitters in Ontario, but do a bit of research. Talk to somebody or a couple guys that have had good trips there. When you book that trip, go into it with an open mind. Um, the guides there, and most, most guides are really good. They are. Um, and these guys, you know, they're, they're running seven days a week. You know, they're drained, absolutely drained. Um, be respectful of the guy, but have fun. Like you're there to have fun. You know, it's a goose. It's a goose. At the end of the day, it's a goose. Um, go in it with an open mind, an open book. And if you're new to it, absorb, like you were saying earlier, try to absorb absolutely everything you can and just, just witness the whole thing in a nutshell. And like I said, at the end, of it, there's no difference. You know, really, when we go goose hunting, it's no different than the next guy that goes goose hunting for the first part or for the most part. But uh, we do it, we just, we just do it a lot more and have just learned a lot over the years. So um, I don't know if that answered your question. I kind of feel like I got sidetracked on things there, but uh, uh, no, go into it, go into it with an open mind and uh, just, just appreciate everything and have fun. So, but do your research. Main thing is do your research. I think the main thing he was trying to touch on there is they're fucking birds. If they don't work, if the weather don't go leave a nasty review on your guide or outfitters page, like give it another chance. If the guide was polite and kind and tried to make the best of the situation, that's what you're paying for there. Like they are animals. You can't mm-hmm. control the animal. You can only do your best right. job and they're putting the best job forward. So no, yeah, that's, let, that's, let's that's not, truth, right? yeah, let's not kid ourselves. Like you, there is the possibility that you will come across an asshole guide out there that that's lazy that doesn't want to do the work. Um, uh, Mark, I'm pretty sure you can tell us some stories on, on that. Um, that doesn't want to do the work. 
and and is just expecting a, a paycheck at the end of it, right? But if you yep. sit back and you watch what the guide is doing, the things that he's provided you, uh, a, a clean, and this is what I look for now. Um, am I sleeping in a in a good bed? Because I'm old and and that's the most important thing to me right now is sleep. Um, am I sleeping in a good bed? Am I going to get fed? And is there birds in the area? That's all I care about. If the birds don't work, there's nothing I can do. And Kate, and unless the guide's out in the middle of the field in a blaze orange suit, um, I, I really not going to. I've seen it. Yeah, oh, I'm sure you have. But that's the thing. That's what I'm trying to listen. Manage your expectations. It's it's birds that that. Oh, sorry, Mark, you probably got something really important to say. Oh no, finish what you're saying, and then I'll jump in. Um, it's birds, and and the birds are dependent on the weather, just like you are dependent on the weather. Um, so just manage your expectations. Don't don't listen. If the guides shit then feel, go for it. If the guide is shit, go for it. Let people know so nobody else wastes their money. But make sure that you're saying the guide is shit because the guide's shit, not because the birds didn't work for you. Because that's two totally different things. Or because some asshole went and shot the roost at first light. At, at, that's <laughs> right. 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 Sorry, go ahead, Mark. Oh, yeah, and, and another thing to add to that for anybody who's going with guides or, or just waterfowl hunting with your buddies in general, no band is worth your friendship. Absolutely. So don't fuck with my bands. <laughs> <laughs> my dog, my dog retrieved it, my band. <laughs> I was so I was so hoping the weekend that we were going because so the weekend we oh. hunted the weekend we hunted and I really never shot. I just, I just ran my dog, right? And then Mark and, and another buddy of, of mine, uh, of ours, was doing the shooting. So I was hoping, because I didn't even pick my gun up. I was just hoping that my dog would have retrieved a duck that had a band on it. And I would have been like, my dog, my dog retrieved it, my band, just, just <laughs> so I could see the look on the, on the face. But anyways, I digress. <laughs> You see any uh, good arguments over bands, Josh? Uh, I've seen a guy cry the one time because <laughs> there was two buddies into a fight over this band, and uh, one guy just picked up his gun and shot the band off. He said, screw it. It blew the band apart by shooting it, and the other the only, he broke down crying. Hey, no I've, band I've, I've, a friendship. Hey. No, absolutely. And no, and no dollar and no dollars worth of friendship either. And Dave and I have uh, talked um, at length on, on that. Um, Josh, buddy, your chance right now, open mic, you have it. Pump up SLO, St. Lawrence Outfitters um, for the millions of fans that are listening. If you don't know about it, Josh, here you go. Uh, no, I mean, you guys, you guys really kind of pumped up my tires and us here, uh, pretty good tonight, but, uh, no, all I, all I can really say is that the only reason we are in business and, you know, today, Dave, you know, Dave running this business is our reputation as a business. Um, he's, he's done just an incredible job of running it. Uh, the guys he's hired over the years, like I've seen, I've seen guys come and go, um, 
and the crew that he he's always hired is everybody's respectful. And all honestly, I'm probably the worst guy that he's got. Uh, everybody, everybody is an extremely, extremely good goose hunter. Nicest guys you probably ever meet. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I could get a little testy at times, but a lot of those days are gone. Um, but every one of us is good. We're there to have a good time as much as you are. Uh, and yeah, like I said, just, just he, the only reason we're in business is because of our reputation. So. Absolutely. And, and, and that's pretty simple. I like it. Um, Mark. Uh, good talking to you again, Josh. Uh, hey, you as well, buddy. Uh, it was, uh, good to meet you at a time you did drop by. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do you have a nice house, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, you're welcome. Hey, ask uh, him about his yard. How was ask his yard? him about the landscaping. <laughs> hey, what's going on? I heard about the landscaping in your yard. We don't have enough time. <laughs> we don't have enough time here <laughs> to get into that. And, uh, you asked 100 true landscapers. <laughs> this, what would this a is good landscaping be job be? Yeah. This wouldn't be it. <laughs> not the guy you got. I heard it looks good now. What? I heard it looks good now. It, it's coming along. It's it's not there. And at, that's because after of Mark had to go rent the skid steer, <laughs> skid steer, and and spend a week and a half raking and and reseeding and and other stuff. But that's all, man. <laughs> but anyways, Josh, it's good good seeing you again. Uh, great chatting. This is a this is a great show, and I'm uh, I'm glad you came on. Thanks. Oh, thanks for having me, boys. I appreciate it. This was. Like I said, I don't think, I mean, in the, the longevity of SLO, we've never done it. Like we, like I said, we don't, we don't do a whole lot of social media stuff anymore or any sort of this I know. stuff. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you the last time we'd done anything. So Buddy, I've of, sent, uh, I've sent Dave so many emails. He because, was saying, and, he was saying. But I, but I get it, right? Because he, he is busy and, and listen, like it's taken an hour or two hours to come on here. That's an hour or two hours that he could be scouting or, or, or looking after a client or I get it. So uh, I'm not mad by no means. It's just, it's funny because it's taken so long to get somebody on. And, and that's a testament of, of, of you guys and, and of what you do. Right. Dave. Yeah. Josh, thanks for coming on. It's good to meet you. You as well. Um, hopefully we actually get a hunt together one day, but it's been two years ago was the second time I almost came up and, and it just didn't work out again, but we'll see hopefully soon. Um, for everyone trying, maybe third time's a charm. So <laughs> yeah, third time's a charm for everyone listening. Yeah. When Damien was talking about that chat group that we have going on um, it's just for the little hunt that we've got going on next weekend. If you guys are looking for advice or tips on decoy setups, stuff like that, join the real geese decoys fan page. I can promise you that if you don't have an answer from someone better than me within 24, 48 hours, I will get you that answer on that page. Real Geese Decoys fan page on Facebook. will help you out there as well. Awesome. Um, you know what? Uh, I think we need to, to I'm, I'm going to send Dave. Dave will answer this email. I'm, I'm sure of it. Um, let, let's plan a spring goose hunt. I know. And it drives me because I know I know those fuckers are going to, are going to get me. Like, I know it I, because they've got me two years in a row now. So anyways, 
but I think I think that's a I think that's something we need to do, uh, Merck and Dave. We'll plan a we'll plan a snow goose hunt. Come down and uh, and do a hunt with the boys and uh, and probably uh, do a show and and the whole bit. And and not that SLO needs the publicity, but uh, Punisher Pack Waterfowl. Your lunch. Yeah, Punisher Waterfowl does. By then, yeah. Hey, <laughs> have all all a duck season to kind of learn how to shoot again. Yeah. <laughs> Josh, buddy, um, I can't thank you enough for coming on. And, and I really, really mean it um, for the simple reason that you're local and, and you're here and you're doing your thing and you're providing such a wonderful, wonderful experience to so many people across Canada. Well, all of North America. Um, I know people that are, that are coming from the States here within the next couple of weeks, they're coming up to hunt with you guys. And, and just because of those names, uh, it, it's a testament of, of exactly who you are and, and what the good things that you guys do and, and the hard work that you put into uh, putting, putting guys and girls on, on birds. So I can't thank you enough. I'm speaking on behalf of Dave and, and Merck and Phil and Ryan who aren't here. Um, and they would have had a ton of questions. I wish Ryan would have could have been here with you tonight because he would have had you and him would have probably went back and forth uh, for ages. So, um, buddy, thank you so much. I hope, I hope that once this season's over, I, I won't bug you anymore this season. Um, but when the season's over, I'll be bugging you again to come back on and, and have a chat and talk about the season, how everything went. And then uh, because I, I like knowing uh, a little bit about the science of things and, and how things are working. So I'd love to hear your, your thoughts on a few things at the end of the season. So love to have you back on. And I hope you, uh, you answer the email uh, once again, just like you did this time. Um, I had a buddy. lot of fun that, so I'm sure I'll be back. So thanks buddy. Uh, appreciate it. Um, everybody, um, this was episode 69 <laughs> of, of the union. <laughs> it's, it's, um, fitting, it's fitting that I got 69. <laughs> I know. I know. I want to make a big deal over this. I really, really do. I want to make a big deal over 69. You, you know, it's, uh, I don't know if I should, you know, it's better yeah. than 69, right? Yeah. But 77. You get eight more. Ooh, <laughs> well, I like it. Well done. Welcome, boys. <laughs> well done. This was episode 69 of the Union 0430. Listen, we are not uh, clear of Josh because Josh is an expert. We are not experts. We are a group of friends that love talking to other waterfowl hunters. And we love talking about shooting birds. Listen, we don't pretend to be anything. Um, we are, we are honest to God, just a bunch of dudes that love talking about shooting birds with that hope that you enjoyed the show. Hope that you're going to listen in on the next episode. Cause it's going to be a doozy. We got Jeff Coates coming on next week. Big love everybody until next time.